0: Welcome to the Giants Huddle. Get him in the huddle, get him in the huddle, get him in the huddle. The
1: New York Giants Podcast.
2: My name is John Schmelke and welcome to the newest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. Thank you for being with us. Today we're going to talk to the four Giants positional coaches on the offensive side of the ball. Wide receivers coach Tyke Tolbert, tight end coach Linda Wells, offensive line coach Hal Hunter, and running backs coach Craig Johnson. But before we get to our interviews, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this podcast on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, that's great, we appreciate it, but it's easier for you and better for us. If you go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, add us to your favorites, or if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a positive review and a high rating for us. Now we're going to lead off with Giants wide receivers coach Tyke Tolbert, who has a new addition, starting wide receiver Golden Tate. I start off the interview by asking Tyke Tolbert how Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard with their similar skill sets will complement each other on the football field in 2019.
3: I think it's awesome that they, they both have those similar traits So they both make plays on the ball. You know, they're both playmakers. And the fact that they can play inside and outside. You love guys that have versatility, which they both have. You love guys who can make plays on the ball, running after the catch, make touchdowns. So the things that they have, we love that in all those guys, so we think they'll be They'll fit very well in our offense. As opposed to you know having guys play inside, outside, doesn't really matter. Just go line up, play, make plays. They can both go deep. They can both go shallow. I mean, I think that's a asset to have.
2: Now, when you look at them, you don't see like the body type traditional X receiver, right? That's not what you see with them necessarily, though their skills allow them to do it. How important is it for you guys with all the other players you have in your group to try to find that traditional bigger downfield deep there that can consistently stretch the defense play in, play out?
3: Well, you know, it's a matter of what you have for your offense and what fits you. There's a team that won a few Super Bowls here the last few years. They don't have that same guy either. Absolutely. And they just make plays. So, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, size-wise. I've always been um, a kind of guy that looks for playmakers. You know, playmakers come in all different shapes, sizes, and colors. So, And we have playmakers on our team now. So that's what I like about our team. We have a lot of playmakers who can play inside, outside make plays with the ball in their hand, open up the, the offense for other guys underneath route. So we have that versatility with all our guys, and that's what makes us so unique. Coaches love competition, and you're gonna have a great competition for your third wide receiver spot, your fourth wide receiver spot,
2: your fifth wide receiver spot, practice squad. What are you looking for from that next set after Golden and Sterling that you want them to show you that's important to you to earn a prominent role on this roster?
3: Well, the biggest thing is the versatility. You, know, you have to be able to be a multi-positional player be smart enough to play all those things at the, at, the, at the drop of a dime and also be a big contributor on special teams. Um, I think if you had the versatility to go in and play and make plays all over the field and be a contributor on special teams, then that'll uh, bode well for you moving forward with our offense
2: couple individual players I want to touch on you real quick. Corey Coleman's a former first-round pick, all the athletic talent in the world. He came here mid-year, mid-year last year. He kind of got dropped in. It's tough for sometimes receivers, especially, to pick up an offense. How much better can he be in year number two? And what is it about his skill set that you like, that you hope can translate to the field?
3: Uh, he can make huge strides uh, uh, in our offense. The fact that Corey came in, in the middle of last year, as you aforementioned, uh, we were his fourth offense he'd been in in the past three months. So a lot of things that we were calling on offense, the words that we used, there were same words in different other places, but they meant something totally different. So he got those confused. He was only asked to play one position where he was before, whereas here he's gonna be asked to play multiple positions because that's what we require. So the fact that he's here early in 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 January and February and March, you know, we'll be able to carry. The whole install with him to training camp, I think it's going to benefit him tremendously. He's in one offense right now. He'll in our offense. He can go in and play multiple positions and make plays.
2: Cody Latimer is somebody that made plays early last year. Then he unfortunately had the hamstring injury. He was out for a while. It was a bad hamstring. He's a guy that is, is a little bit bigger, relies on his speed. He can be a special teams player as well. You were with him back in Denver also. What is about Cody's game that you think could earn him a role on this roster?
3: I think Cody is uh, a big play threat down the field. You know, people talk about the 50 50 balls. You know, Cody's 80 20 in those 50-50 balls. He comes up with the balls all the time. You saw that like the last game he came with Dallas, you know, he made the two one-hand catches, one for the touchdown, one for the big conversion. Uh, He always has a knack to make big plays down the field. He has the size and the speed to do those. And like you said, he's really good on special teams. So Cody's future is bright here with the Giants.
2: What do you like about Darius Slayton?
3: I like Darius' uh, explosive speed down the field. You saw he make... Look at it on tape. He'd make a lot of plays down the field, probably averaging 21, 22 yards of catch in college. Uh, playing in the SEC, which is the in my opinion, the toughest um, conference in all of, of college football. And playing against those guys every every week. You know, you play against the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Georgias all the time. You're playing against the top competition. He went in there, and he competed and held his own. And his speed, he's always behind the defense. seemed like every time you look on tape, he's always behind the defense. Uh, so I like that aspect of it. And and he's going to come in here and, and and be a good player for us, I believe. Tyke, appreciate the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That was Giants
2: wide receivers coach Tyke Tolbert. Now let's switch gears and talk to Giants tight end coach Linda Wells. I started the interview with him by asking whether or not we'll continue to see a lot more heavy formations, including two tight ends, leading to play action, something the Giants used to great effect at the end of the 2018
4: season. You know, the play action off of the run uh, is always just skill when you're able to run the ball. And we got a really good running back, we got a good offensive line, uh, the tight ends do an excellent job in their role as blockers, the receivers do an excellent job, so... The more we're able to run the ball, uh, the more the play-action stuff complements the run. So, again, how much will we see it? You know, We'll see as the season uh, develops. But, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a nice complement to have to the run game that we have.
2: How much do you separate the roles of the two tight ends when they're on the field together? Do you consider them, like, the two positions completely interchangeable where either Evan or Red or Scott can play any one of the sides? Or, Or do you guys have all right, this guy is this type of player. We want to have him in the spot, et cetera, et cetera.
4: I think, you know, like I've said before, uh, when you talk about that room, tight ends, um, when we start in off offseason, everybody's learning both spots. You know, everybody's playing the Y, everybody's playing the F. As you get closer to game time, you know, everybody kind of relishes a role. And what role those guys will have will be, you know, put together as we go through the all season program as we get close to the game. So, uh, you know, what role those guys will have kind of sort of is, is more precedent on the uh, team and the game that we're going to be playing.
2: I know Evan's been trying to improve his blocking since he's been here. What kind of progress have you seen from him from when you started coaching him last year to where he is now, and what's the next step for him there?
4: He's made tremendous strides, tremendous strides in the run game. Um, he understands his technique, Uh, He understands what we're asking him to do in terms of his aiming points, Uh, he understands his leverage, and then ultimately he understands his uh, redeeming quality as a blocker, and that is his strike. You know, he's an explosive player as a route runner, but he's also an explosive player as a blocker in terms of being able to strike with some punch. So uh, he's continuing to understand that. And I think that's allowing him to have some success uh, as a blocker. And, you know, he, he, he's determined to become become an excellent blocker, all right, because he knows that makes him better in the pass game where people can't key on him as a receiver. I don't want to downplay his
2: ability, but is Red Ellison just like a huge safety net for you guys where you can put him out there and you can trust him to do well whatever
4: you ask him to do because he's so reliable? He's a pro. I like word. he's a pro. You know, he's what you want in a pro. Uh, he understands everything. Um, he helps make everybody around him better um, with the way he goes about his business, um, and again, he's a pro. Yeah, I, I, I said, said it last year, I said it again, he's a pro, and you like to have those guys in your room and on your team.
2: Finally, Scott Simonson. We saw him get a lot of action blocking last year. He made a couple of real big blocks on a couple of those big Saquon Barkley runs what are you working on with him in order for him to take the next step as a player as a young guy
4: again just continue to be persistent and consistent with the techniques that we're teaching him in terms of his leverage his footwork his aiming points play it to his redeeming quality be tough be physical all right and then always put yourself in a position all right to finish your blocks all right london
2: finally we saw evan ingram kind of have a breakout party end of the year um in terms of catching the football
4: is that a sign of things to come for him, you think? Yeah, I mean, he's gotten better, and uh, he's continued to get better. Again, you know you always want to continue to progress throughout the season and play your best football in December. And I think that's what he was able to do, uh, aside the injuries. You know, He was able to get better as the season went on and, and play some of his best football in December. And uh, that's what we'll continue to do this year, pushing forward, uh, compliment December, last December, And continue to get better so that, hey, we get to January, we're playing football, he's playing his best football when it's needed. Thanks, Linda. Thank you.
2: That's Giants tight end coach Linda Wells. Now let's turn our attention to the offensive line, where the Giants made some big additions this offseason, including right tackle Mike Remmers and right guard Kevin Zeitler. But the biggest competition might come at center, where the Giants have two incumbents, John Jalapio and Spencer Pulley competing for the starting spot. I asked How Hunter what he's looking for from his centers when he decides who's going to win that position battle and be the starter in Week One against Dallas.
1: They've got to handle the communication um, all up front. They make all the calls. They determine who goes where. Um, they have to be able to adjust when the quarterback adjusts. So first of all, they direct everybody, which is fundamental for those guys being successful. Plus, he's the glue that holds the two sides together. Um, he's got to be. He's got to be strong to be able to block function one-on-one and pass protection, and then he's got to be quick and athletic to be able to do all the things we need to do within our zone scheme. He just got to be, it's, it's a hard position to play, and uh, we have two guys that have the ability to play at a winning level at that position.
2: Chad Wheeler kind of got thrown into the deep end of the pool last year, uh, undrafted for agent asked to start uh, at right tackle. Where did you see him improve over the course of the year, and where do you want him to take the next step
1: in year number two? Well, I think year number two. I think first thing is getting next to a guy that he can be comfortable playing with. He played next to so many different guards <laughs> next year; it was a revolving door. So you never, you know, you don't. He's you, never in sync with that. So I mean, you're one week you're zoning a, you're zoning a game with uh, Omame. The next day you're zoning a game with uh, Jamon Brown. Then you're zoning a game with. Uh, um, John Greco so you're never really in sync all your combination all your stuff you're never in sync with anybody so I think I think that'll help him second of all he just has to play at a more he just has to play it a more productive he and I've talked about it. he's got to be more productive at that position but you just look at him I look at him what he's doing now technically and what he's doing as opposed to a year ago and it's it's he's really taken a big step he's really done a lot of things to improve
2: what can having a pro like Kevin Zeitler next to him do to help a
1: guy like that, and just the overall consistency of the line in general? Well, you have a veteran guy that's a smart guy that can kind of help guide you to where you need to go. You've got a veteran guy that's very demanding. That's your, He's going to demand of you in a very hands-on way that you perform at the same level that he needs you to perform so he can look good. So I think he's going to, in a, in a positive way, bring out the best in uh, Chad. Can
2: he help bring out the best in Will Hernandez, too? Obviously, he had a very productive rookie year, but to have a guard in there that has done it and can show Will, this is how I did it, can that help him,
1: too? I think I think they all look to that. They all look to, uh, they all look to him. I think uh, Will's got a good example of a guy that's played at a very high level in professional football, um, and so I think that can help Will in terms of, of that. Kind of like uh, Nate kind of showed him the ropes on how to be a pro last year. I think how to be a pro, I think, Kevin can show him how to be a pro offensive guard. Where do you want Will to take that next step? Is it a technique thing for him? I think it's a technique thing. I think that I think it's just it's like anything, you know, you always say you play your best your second game is always better than your first game. Your second year is always better than your first game. I think he's got to continue to adjust to the speed of the game because the speed of the game is so fast. He's got to be able to adjust to the speed of the game. I think he needs to continue to understand he can prove technically. And just have a more comfortable feel for the offense. And again, there's a lot thrown at him last year. He's you know he understands the offense now, and he's, he feels so much more comfortable within the offense, between who he's playing with. Um, and I think the speed of the game and the level of competition. I mean, I think you can talk about it until you play. Until and you know you could you could talk about what it was going to be like to go to Dallas in that second game, but until you're playing on Sunday night football in a place like that. So now when we go to open up at Dallas, okay, I've played in that place before. I know that I know the tempo that game is going to be, and it ain't it's not going to be his first rodeo there. Finally, Coach, is being in the system
2: with these guys. I know you have a couple new players, but just knowing what's being asked of them, what they're supposed to do, stuff becomes more second nature. They're not thinking about it. How much do you think that can help the performance of your unit as a
1: group? I think it helps a lot because they, they're, it's, they're so much more comfortable with all the different things and all the adjustments you make within the scheme. You know, There's so many things that you have to adjust to within a game, and if you really understand the scheme conceptually, those adjustments are really easy. You can play more relaxed and play with more tempo. How do you make the most out of the time before you put the pads on in training camp? I know you can't do. You can't
2: push people around, knock guys down, which is what offensive linemen well, want to do. You have,
1: uh, the, the the lines that are most successful. They have, like during phase two, when there can't be any contact. You have certain drills that you can do to work on their their leverage, their footwork. You know, I'm the I'm the I'm the guy that rushes them up the field. I'm the guy that does the spin moves on them on that. So there's certain things you can do, drills that you do during phase two. That you won't do during phase three. So, we're working on their footwork. We're working on these. We're doing some sled work, working on their punch drills, all these things we can do within the rules that once we get to OTAs, once we get into camp, when you don't have to buy your basically practice rules, you work on the other stuff. So, there's certain things you try to accomplish now so that you don't have to work on them later. Thank you, coach. All right, thank you.
2: That's Giants offensive line coach Hal Hunter. now let's turn our attention over to the Giants running backs coach Craig Johnson. Who had the pleasure of coaching Saquon Barkley last year in his breakout rookie campaign? I asked Craig
0: where he hopes Barkley can make improvements heading into year number two. The big thing is he had obviously a good season as a rookie. Um, You can always improve quite a bit in your second year. And the big thing is people always going to look for numbers, but we're going to look for attention to detail. Um, For there's four phases really to being a Really good ball carry in this league. Uh, you got to protect the ball. You got to be able to run it. You got to be able to pass, uh, catch it, and everything in the passing game, and then protect the passer. So there's strides to be made in every one of those phases. We're gonna emphasize that and how he can get better. Is now that he's gotten used to the game for a year, he can now get to the next level, see a defense, understand how defenses are going to fit and how they're going to attack him, and be ready to react to that.
2: One thing that we heard you guys talk about with Saquon last year, sometimes he would try to make a big play every play. Mm-hmm. How do you think he progressed in taking what was there throughout the year, and is that something else you think he can continue to work on moving forward?
0: Absolutely. I think it is something he can do. A lot of young guys want to like go for the splash plays, but the longer the game goes, the game kind of slows down for him. I thought he had a, uh, a better rhythm at the end of the year, and, and he took what they gave him, and uh, obviously that's something we want to continue to improve on. And for a guy like Saquon, even if he
2: does that, the big plays are still going to come, right, because he's just such a good athlete?
0: Absolutely. I, I, what uh, they, uh, the great ones have learned is that when you go and you just take what the defense gives you and stay consistent and stay aggressive, eventually the uh, one-on-one opportunities will happen for you and you hope that you'll win more than you'll lose in that, and then that's where the explosion plays will come.
2: Wayne Gallman's going into his third year. How comfortable have you guys become with him as a backup in terms of knowing the system and really being able to trust him when you do put him in the game and give Saquon a blow?
0: Well, that's uh, always a tough situation because again, uh, coming off the bench is always a hard deal to do. Um, I think that he got more comfortable in his role and I thought you saw the results of that later on in the game. He was playing faster, faster uh, more crisp and I expect for him to, again, take another leap this year. I think that uh, he's got a lot of good football in him and uh, and he and he worries about Wayne Gallman, and that's what he needs to worry about. Not what everybody else is doing, but be a good Wayne Goldman. That's what we need.
2: Finally, I want to ask about Elijah Penny because I think he's a very interesting and also versatile player. He used as a fullback. I think he was also basically your third string running back last year, too. How do you see his role developing this year now that he's going to be here for a full offseason?
0: Well, I think that will help. Uh, I, I think he is kind of reflective of our whole team. Um, the second time through, coaches included, going through the system, you understand the system, you understand the terminology, you can play a little faster because the pitcher's not blurry, you got a real good idea about uh, the plan, and I think that's will help him quite a bit um he uh he still needs to continue to grow in the fullback role which he has done a good job but I think he'll continue to grow and uh being able to uh play for us on first down being able to play for us a little bit and one back has been a really a good asset for him so I expect great strides from him this year thank you coach okay thank you
2: that's Giants running backs coach Craig Johnson We thank all four assistant coaches for joining us on this week's edition of the Giants Subtle Podcast. My name is John Schmelk. And again, if you're listening to this on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, that's great. Thank you very much for being with us. But go to your favorite podcast platform. It's a lot more convenient for you, and it's better for us if you add us to your favorites list. Subscribe, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a positive review and a high rating and this podcast will continue to get bigger, and we'll give you as many episodes as we can as the Giants offseason continues. I'm John Schmelk. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle. Adios.